Good morning, everyone. The scripture reading today is from Psalm 104, verses 24 to 30. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. So a few years ago, I was uh, pretty stressed. I remember I, I started my demon, demon doctor of ministry program at Acadia, and I had a paper due. And I was up in the middle of the night, right, stressing over this paper that I had to finish in time. And, and eventually, all that stress led to tinnitus, where I would be hearing this, like, high pitch in your ear. I don't know if you know anything about tinnitus. But it, so it got to a point where I felt like, oh, man, I, I just need a break. I need to go somewhere. And luckily, uh, I think with the help with my in-laws that time, we decided to go to Mexico. They said, you know, why don't we go to Mexico for a week and get some R&R. So while there, we went on a day trip to this place called Xiaoha. And Xiaoha is an aquatic park where there's this it's a beauty, beautiful lagoon where this fresh water meets the ocean. Um, I think we have a picture of it there. Right? So that, that's what it looks like. That's, that's the park. There's zip lining. There's all these other things you could do there. But one of the things you can do there as well is that they have this natural lazy river where you can go down the river. And, and the beginning of the river is set up. It's, there's a, there's a, a mangrove. I don't know what a, if you know what a mangrove is, but there's a picture of that as well. Right? So this is the beginning of this lazy river where, um, you know, you put on a life vest, and you have a snorkel gear on, and you, you just float down the river to the basin. So while I'm going um, and snorkeling down uh, this river with, surrounded by mangroves, the sun was shining into the water, this crystal clear water, and the, you know, sunlight is beaming onto the, fl uh, the river floor, and, and I'm just floating, and, and I had this huge smile on my face just like came across my face, and I was like, this is heaven, right? Like, oh yeah, this is what I needed. I needed to just float down a lazy river in Mexico with mangroves and fishes with the sun shining. That's what I need. And it was my happy place. And you could almost say I was frolicking in the water, although I wasn't being playfully, you know, swimming around. I just lazily floating down. And, and, but what I was doing was something that was fun or what, what you would call play. 
It was recreational as it was recreating my soul. Just like the Leviathan in the psalm. The psalmist is writing about this creator God and refers to this great creature, Leviathan, who in the religion of Baal was feared because of his seven heads. Here in the imagination of the psalmist, it's but one of the creatures of God's design who in the vastness of the ocean is, is just frolicking in, in the water. And this is an important point of what we want to examine this morning. In the past two weeks, we have looked at how by God's presence we are sent and we belong. And as we have mentioned before, but for those of you who might be hearing this for the first time, we as the leadership of Spring Garden have discerned from God uh, as we enter into this new season that our focus is in the area of being sent, of, of belonging, and being renewed. This isn't done by some fancy programs or having strobe lights or even uh, a fog machine. Not that we can't have a fog machine. We can't. We can't. I think that's actually banned, right, from our platform. <laughs> but rather, we want to be sent, belong, and are renewed by the very presence of God. And this morning, we're looking at how by God's presence, we are renewed. So what does being renewed have anything to do with me or the Leviathan flocking, uh, frolicking, frothing in the sea, frolicking in the sea? Stephen Studebaker, who wrote this book called A Pentecostal Political Theology for American Renewal, Spirit of the Kingdom, Citizens of the Cities, long title, but it's a good book, speaks about the concept of renewal or the word he uses, which is redemption, as the opposite side of the same coin of creation itself. Hence, to create is to redeem. For him, they can, they can be used interchangeably as redemption is creation and creation is redemption, or in our case, renewal. What is made new or what is created new comes from the same concept of creation, Thus, if we see God as the creator of all things, it is natural and inevitable to see God as also the recreator or the renewer of all things. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the waters and turned chaos to order substance, it is the same God, same Spirit of God, who renews and recreates creation. As one commentator puts it, there is nothing that God cannot renew, he is the God of renewal. So we see how in Psalm 104 can be seen as a psalm of renewal as the psalmist writes about the God of creation. The psalmist mirrors the seven days of creation in this psalm to speak about God's goodness and majesty and his sustaining involvement with creation. And not only is God involved in sustaining of such creation, but gives space for fun and play. Verse 25, there's the sea vast and spacious, teeming with creature beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan is having fun in the sea. This sea creature is having a whale of a time <laughs> in this vast ocean because God has made this world where fun and play is recreational. This won't be the only time. Okay. The term <laughs> recreation appears, according to Wikipedia, to have been used in English first in the late 14th century, first in the sense of refreshment or curing of the sick, 
of a sick person. And the derived turn from Latin, which means again, so the re means again, recreate, uh, sorry. Re means again, and creare means to create, bring forth or beget. So on a side note, leisure is, by, uh, by the way, by the Universal, Declar Declar Universal Declaration of Human Rights, is considered, considered a human right for us to have leisure. Just, just a sidebar. And the term recreation comes from that word and idea to create and to beget. This, that is to re-beget or to recreate, to renew, to redeem, and to refresh. As God is the God of creation, God is also the God of recreation. When the Spirit of God is present, there is recreation, there is renewal, there is new birth. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think the Holy Spirit started at Pentecost, right? That's kind of like how we imagine it. The Holy Spirit comes in the New Testament uh, on the disciples, and, and, and that's how we get to know this person called the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, or the wind or breath of God, was there from the beginning, was there throughout the Old Testament scriptures, and is with us now. As the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of God was there from the get-go, and is through whom God the Father creates and renews. Remember that writer, Studebaker? He gives a great overview of how the Holy Spirit from the beginning of creation through the Old Testament, the people of Israel and the prophets and in the New Testament through Jesus and the church have always been at work as, as God who creates and recreates. God is the God who renews as, as it is through him all things are held together and is sustained. So I'm going to just try to summarize what he's written in his 300-page book to trace that, uh, how the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible is the God of creation and redemption. In Genesis 1, we read that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In Genesis 2-7, it's going to go beyond Genesis. We see that God forms Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which made him a living being. In Genesis 8, in the flood narrative, we see the wind, or rock, from which we get the word spirit, by the way, sent by God to bring new life after the flood. In Exodus 14, 21, we see the people of Israel being delivered from the hands of Pharaoh after Pharaoh let the people go, but then realized that they have lost their slaves, and so they go after him. And when Moses parted the Red Sea, it was God that drove the sea back with a strong east wind. And then reflecting on the parting of the Red Sea, the prophet Isaiah believed that it was the Holy Spirit that brought about this rescuing and not just a strong wind. Isaiah 63, 11 to 14. Then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people, where, he, where, where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them to gain for himself everlasting renown, who led them through the depths. Like a horse in open country, they did not stumble. Like cattle that go down to the plain, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. The same Ruach, the wind that, that, that created the universe, that breathed life in human beings, is the same Ruach that cleared the flooding waters and the Red Sea 
Verse 14, and they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. That same rock gives us rest. This rest and renewal is given by the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel 37, we see that like the breath that made the dirt alive in the Garden of Eden, the Holy Spirit will restore Israel from exile by breathing life into their dry bones. And in chapter 36, Ezekiel equates this restoration, not just for the people, but also for the land, and that it will be restored and renewed like the Garden of Eden. The prophets did not believe that this renewal from the Holy Spirit to be only personal, just for me thing. It was more than just a renewal and rest for the souls, but for all of creation. It's almost as if when we are renewed, our world could also be renewed. In Psalm 104, our passage that was read today, we see God being the creator of all things, and it's only through him that all things are sustained. Verse 29, all creatures look to you. When you, take their, when you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. When God takes away their breath, that is their ruach, they die and return to the dust. But when God sends his spirit, again, the same word uh, as ruach here, uh, translated here as spirit, they are created and the Spirit of God not only creates and recreates all of his creatures, but also the face of the ground. As one commentator put it, creation is daily dependent on God's sustenance, presence, and breath. Or I would say spirit. God is not just a clockmaker who creates the world like, and likes to watch. Right? He doesn't just sit back and watch, watch, but rather the psalmist recognizes that whether we know it or not, whether or not we acknowledge it, all of creation is daily dependent on God for his very existence. In the New Testament, we see the Spirit of God being present in the conception of Jesus, in the baptism and temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And in Luke 4, we see Jesus quoting from Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed Jesus to preach the good news. And it's that through the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is resurrected and brings about the beginning of the Pentecost. Jesus himself tells Nicodemus that it's only by being born again that he can enter the kingdom of heaven or see the kingdom. And that it is by being born of the Holy Spirit that this happens. And baptism then is us joining Jesus in his death and resurrection by the Holy Spirit to this new life in God. And at Pentecost, we see the disciples huddled together in the upper room, where in Acts 2, 2, suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind, again like Ruach in the Old Testament, came from heaven and filled the whole house, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, the book of Acts can be called Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And so we see how the Spirit of God works through his people to bring about this renewal that goes beyond their own personal salvation, but to that of the ushering of this new kingdom of God on earth. And this is a picture we see at the end of uh, Revelations, the book of Revelations, where at the consummation of all things, there will be a new heaven and a new Jer Jerusalem or new earth where there will be healing for all nations. Or as Studebaker would say, 
The narrative of the Spirit shows that creation is a redemptive activity and that creation is the place of God's redemptive activity, liberating the primordial elements from darkness and chaos, regenerating the earth after the flood, renewing the land and the people after exile, and the Christian hope of the resurrection of the body, the new heaven and the new earth. And the new Jerusalem are key moments in the narrative of the Spirit. They show that God's redemption includes the world of nature and human cultural production as well. Redemption is not about going to an off-world spiritual place called heaven. God's Spirit redeems the life of creation, and that includes the whole world, the world of culture as well. And we saw some of that this morning where the garden team brought up the fruitful abundance and talked about, um, uh, uh, I like the phrase, what was it? A harvest that is, that is just. I think, I think that's a cool phrase. See, I think we've separated faith from our society and public fear, sphere for too long and for good reason, right? Like the way sometimes we've carried ourselves in the public sphere hasn't been good. But however, when God redeems and renews us, when God recreates, it's not limited just to our souls and our bodies. It is world-changing. It is the recreation or the recreation of all things. Because by God's presence, we are renewed. In the 20 years of our marriage, we've only really bought one piece of furniture. And this was one of our first uh, pieces of furniture, because we haven't bought many after. Uh, but it was this dining room table that we bought. And it's from this nice reclaimed wood. And if you look at the bottom there, you see that there's like that beam that holds the, uh, the desk up. Or that, that beam was made by Mennonites out in um, Waterloo somewhere and, and then delivered to us. It was like this came in a couple pieces and... And so this is like our, our favorite furniture because it's the only one that we actually bought. But one thing I think we've realized, and a lot of us in our society have realized, is the, the value of reclaimed wood. We as humans and, and society have recognized the importance of reclaiming wood, that the wood that was used on a barn door or other furniture from the past have to be reclaimed because there's so much value in it. Instead of throwing it away, putting it in the junkyard, or, or, or selling it on Kijiji. We recognize the, the value, the innate value in that wood itself. And so it needs to be renewed or reclaimed for something new. If we can see that in the things of this world, how much more does God, who made the world and, and also made us, who calls it good, and valuable, and worthy, and worthwhile, how much more does God, the creator, want to redeem and recreate or, or reclaim us? How much more? He has already shown us how much more, so much more that he would be willing to come himself to die for us on the cross. That is how much more he finds us valuable. There is no plan B with us and God. We are his plan through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and by his spirit living in us, we are recreated, renewed, and reclaimed as his beloved sons and daughters. I, I have a confession to make. Once in a while, I watch uh, something on YouTube that I'm not proud of. And I only do this once in a while, but when I do, it, it makes me cry. 
Once in a while, I'll watch a clip from America's Got Talent. And I'll watch the Golden Buzzer episodes. I don't know if anyone's ever seen those Golden Buzzer. Yes, Broadway. Yes, thank you, brother. Yes, thank you. I'm not the only one. And, and it's, I watch it because, you know, they have a whole backstory, right? They set it up for you, how this backstory about how their life was so bad and this, like, you know, everyone died and they're orphans. And anyways, it's like this huge story. And then, you know, they come and then they sing or, or do some kind of act and it's so amazing, right? And so then, you know, the golden buzzer, when they hit that buzzer, what happens is they go beyond the, the I guess the, what do you call it, like the, Judging piece, right? Like the round robin, as it were. They go straight to the finals, to the live show, as it were, right? And so it's a big deal. So when you see one, and they slow it down, right? They, one of the judges stands up and hits the thing. And then there's like confetti falling down. There's some sappy music going on. The, the, the contestant like falls to their knees and are like crying, right? And, and I watch it. And, you know, and then you get, like, tears coming down, right? And you're just like, this is amazing, you know? And you, but really, we, we need to cry once in a while, right? Another time I was in bed, I was, I was, you know, on my phone scrolling through stuff, and I came across this one uh, thread about um, uh, kids who, or parents who send their kids text messages and the autocorrect that it does. And some of these are so funny and inappropriate that... I, you know, I'm like laughing, right? And then I'm like chuckling, but Jin is sleeping beside me and I don't want to wake her up. And so, but my whole body's like doing one of those, right? And then you start crying again because you're laughing so hard, not because you're sad, right? But it's, it's sometimes nice to just have a good cry or, or a nice laugh. We need that in our lives. We all need to smile, to delight in creation because it is good for the soul. What I love about the word recreation or recreation is that not only does it mean having fun, but that having fun and delighting in God's creation leads to recreating. It is part of God's redeeming power through the Holy Spirit as we delight in God's renewal. Meaning that being in God's presence is not always serious or somber, but is recreational. It can be fun and enjoyable. Psalm 1611 The psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When I was smiling in the lazy river with God, I was delighting in God. When I go for a hike with my family through the woods, I am delighting in God. When I'm mountain biking in nature, I'm delighting in God. When I find joy in creation, in the arts, in the way God has made me to work, when I find delight in God's creation and respond with worship, that is when I am delighting God. How do you frolic like the Leviathan? How do you find your joy in God? What do you delight in and how can you invite God into those areas of delight, recognizing that God has given you these things so that you can enjoy Him? One thing about recreation and entertainment, I came across this one little article about it. And I'm not saying entertainment is bad in itself, but we live in a world, and and the word entertainment actually comes from that idea of holding attention, right? So when we're entertained by something, that grabs our attention. And we have more than enough choices of entertainment in our culture, 
but I do think it can be bad for us depending on how we use entertainment. And, you know, I shared two examples of YouTube, YouTube and, and scrolling through the Internet. And though I was entertained, was it really good for me? How often when we are entertained by binge-watching Netflix or whatever else we do, is it really good for our souls? I like the concept of recreation over entertainment for the reason I've mentioned throughout the talk. I believe that we are called to enjoy and can be entertained by, through recreation. But what we need to shift our understanding is that in the buffet or the buffet line of endless choices of entertainment, what is life giving to us? How has God created you so that you can find recreation more than entertainment? I think entertainment can numb us to the pain, keeps us distracted, but does it really renew? Does it recreate our souls? And I believe this is an important question for us to wrestle with as we, as we ask ourselves uh, in this new season after two years of COVID. The church and even worship services or gatherings can become a place of entertainment where we're trying to keep your attention with funny stories, stupid puns, and good music, and, and fog machines. <laughs> and, and we can provide you with entertainment. And you could go to churches because, oh, they, they tell really funny stories and, and have really, you know, rocking music. But is it really good for your soul? Is it recreational? Does it recreate your soul? Yes, we can have fun and it can be entertaining and we should laugh together and cry together. But it's beyond self-therapy. It's beyond self-improvement to being part of the recreative life of our redeeming God. Like a few weeks ago, uh, the, our property committee and I had to go and cut down some branches from the house beside us. And so it was so much easier, first of all, to do it together, right, than to do it by yourself. We were, we were commenting, like, if we were to do this at our own house, this isn't fun. It's chore. It's a chore. We don't want to do this. But the fact that we were doing it together and doing something that was renewing, in some sense, renewing the site, yet we were joking around, having conversations and we were enjoying each other's company. That is a part of what it means to be the people of God coming together. We believe that as we gather as the people of God, God is with us. When we worship him together through songs, through worship, through breaking bread together, through fellowship and cutting down of tree branches, God is with us and gives us renewal. The pastoral team, and we talked about this before, uh, this summer was at a retreat, and we were thinking of and praying and, and listening to God's voice of what does it look like for us to be a people who are renewed. And there were a few things that came out, and one of those things was R&R, rest and recreation and retreat. We realized that we need to have recreation together, have fun together, we be in each other's presence as we gather with the Holy Spirit. We need opportunities for play, for crying, for laughing. We need retreats that are, whether it's personal or corporal, one-day retreats, or maybe a, perhaps a church-wide retreat. Our church is open Monday to Friday. I don't know what, how your schedule is, but we also have a prayer room for you where you could just come and find some solace and time of rest. 
we realize that there's a healthy balance of, of rest and renewal, rest and recreation, which means that we can't over-program, yet we can't do nothing. So it's just finding that balance of having things and opportunities where we can gather and to recreate together. We also uh, thought that we need to know more about who we are and how God is made to be. And so whether that's through spiritual direction or even this next series where we're inviting us to get to know one another better as the body of Christ. We also felt that it would be amazing and what this is what we would love to see is sensing change in people's lives through the Holy Spirit, new creativity expressed, more engagement from our non-regular volunteers, a new sense of energy, excitement, and joy. We want to do that together. By God's presence, we are sent. By his presence, we belong. And it is by God's presence we are renewed. Our hope as the leadership team is to continue to base what we do and our times together on these three themes. And none of these are on, on their own, but they all work together. Whether it's our next series on shape like I talked about or our visit to the seniors' home or our one-day retreat that's coming up or possibly a church-wide retreat or even a hike, we invite you to join us as we see God's presence together. And I want to end our time with an invitation. This isn't an invitation by me, but rather by Jesus who invites us to his presence. And may you hear these words as, uh, as if Jesus is speaking directly to you. Let's pray. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is Jesus wanting you to lay at his feet? What is weighing you down? What is that burden that you are carrying? Spend a few moments praying with Jesus. How can you find rest in Jesus? How can you delight in God's presence this week? And what are the areas in your life that you need Jesus to give you renewal? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen.